Welcome to an episode of Coach's Corner. I've got a special treat for you today, an interview with B-School founder, Marie Forleo. If you don't know about Marie already, I am so happy to introduce you to her. And if you do already know Marie, then I'm sure that you already love her and you'll get even more great insight and wisdom from my talk with her. One of the many things we talk about in this interview is leaving a job that you hate and really creating a job and a career that you love, that you feel is a expression of who you truly are and that brings you joy and that also makes you feel like you're making impact and is profitable. And I recorded this conversation with Marie a few days ago and it just got me thinking about my career track. And I wrote a blog earlier this week, you can go back and look at it at christinehausler.com about how miserable I was when I was working for other people. I remember every Sunday night, I would just get so depressed because I knew Monday was coming and I'd drive to work with knots in my stomach and I'd get there and I would just watch the clock tick by. And anytime I had a vacation, I'd have a vacation hangover when I came back and not because I was drinking too much, just because that feeling of being free and away from work was so great. And it wasn't like my job was so awful. I mean, when I was an assistant working my way up in the Hollywood industry, it it was pretty awful. But even when I got promoted and I had my fancy office, I felt like I was wearing golden handcuffs. And I just wanted to feel free. And I so wanted to be my own boss. I guess I don't do well with people telling me what to do or where to be. And I didn't understand why every morning at 9 a.m. I had to be at a staff meeting. And it drove me crazy that I couldn't go get acupuncture when I wanted to and that my only free time was on the weekends. But moreover, I felt like I wasn't my best self. I felt like the career path I was going down, the job I was doing, wasn't the best expression of my gifts and talents. I didn't love it and I wanted to love what I did and I really didn't feel like I was making an impact and I felt a call. I really felt a call to do something different. I just didn't know what and I didn't know how. And that's why I so appreciate Marie Forleo and B-School. B-School has been one of the things that I have used to grow my business. I'm proud to be an affiliate for B-School every year. And Marie's going to talk a little bit more about it in our interview. And I also want to encourage you to go to the show notes, christinehassler.com slash podcast. Look for this episode. So it's the episode that went up on February 11th. And go ahead and click on the link that will take you to the free video training series that Marie released. Now, this free video training series is only going to be up until February 22nd. So depending upon when you listen to this episode, after February 22nd, I'll put a link into my unique page for B-School where I share with you all the bonuses that I'm going to be giving you if you register through my affiliate link. Like I said, I'm a partner for B-School. I've been a partner for four years now, and I offer coaching calls throughout the program. I give you guided meditations that help you prepare for all of the curriculum. So you get four guided meditations. You get access to my online courses. You get access to a private Facebook group and much more. So all those bonuses and announcements will be up February 22nd. Until then, again, go to christinehassler.com slash podcast. 
find these show notes for the February 11th Coaches Cornered episode with Marie Forleo. Click on the link there. It'll take you to the free training series. And after February 22nd, it'll take you to a different link where you can read a little bit more about my bonuses. I know that was a lot and it's probably confusing. So if you have any questions, just email jill at christinehassler.com and we will totally hook you up and help you out. So again, any questions at all, if that totally went in one ear and out the other, just email jill at christinehassler.com. So a little bit more about Marie Forleo. Named by Oprah as a thought leader for the next generation and one of Inc.'s 500 fastest growing companies, Marie's mission is to help you build a life you love and use your gifts to change the world. She's the creator of the award-winning online show, Marie TV, with over 26 million views on YouTube with an audience in 195 countries. She's the founder of B-School, an online business school for modern entrepreneurs. Through her Change Her Life, Change the World initiative, every product purchase helps support a person in need. And now on to my talk with Marie Forleo. Marie, it is such a treat to have you on Over and On With It. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, Christine, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, yeah. So let's just dive right in because I mentioned B-School in your intro, and I'm sure a lot of people listening already love you and know what that is, but a lot of people might not know what B-School is. Could, could you share a little bit about what B-School is and, and how and why you even started it? Absolutely. So B-School is an online business school for modern entrepreneurs who want to grow a business with heart and soul, meaning when they market and sell their business, they want to do it from a place of full integrity. When they create their products and get them out into the marketplace, they want to do so really with their eye on what is best for my customers, what is best for my community, what is best for the planet. So B-School really is an area, it's it's an educational place to go if you want to grow your business in a way that's aligned with your soul. And, you know, you asked the question why I started it. And it was because, you know, going back 17 years when I first started my business, I didn't have any training as an entrepreneur and I didn't know what I was doing. And back in, again, late 90s, early 2000s, the world of the internet was all kind of brand new and digital businesses were just tiny, tiny, you know, these little things starting to pop up and nobody really understood the landscape. So when I went out trying to figure out how to do this thing and how to do it right, and I was also terribly insecure because I was all of 23 years old. So I just felt like I was this little baby deer, you know, stumbling along in the woods, like not knowing what the heck was going on. And I found myself at a lot of uh, seminars and conferences and different places to go to try and learn. And one of the things I noticed, Christine, was there was, uh, first of all, about 99.9% men on these stages teaching about business. And while this isn't true all the way across the board, it was certainly the majority of what I experienced was so many times people were talking about their customers like they were nothing more than numbers on the bottom of a balance sheet. And it was all about, you know, how do you extract as much profit as possible from every single customer? And I just had this image of my mind of these folks on stage and like taking their customers and turning them upside down and like shaking them for every penny they had. And I just, I didn't like that feeling and it felt so wrong to me. And as a young girl, you know, my dad was a small business owner and I remember going to work with him on the weekends and doing whatever it took to make your customers happy and to do a really great job and to kind of go over and beyond. So my kind of paradigm of what small business could be and what I felt like it should be in the world was at odds with what I was learning (laughs) at these seminars. 
And I realized too, alongside that, I had built up um, a bit of a career, not only in coaching, but also in health and fitness. And I had written a book about relationships. So I had a growing audience of young women. And a lot of them would often come up to me and they'd say, great, you know, how do you have this coaching business? How are you doing all these interesting things? And you seem relatively normal. And I would tell them it's because I understand sales and marketing. And the moment I would say sales and marketing, Christine, so many of them, like either their eyes would glaze over or they'd say something like, oh, that sucks. Oh, that's for the other people. You know, I have this great idea for something I want to do. I want to do my own thing. But can I just hire out the sales and marketing piece? You take all of those kind of bits together, and I realized there was this enormous gap in the marketplace for small business education for people who don't necessarily want to go out and get VC funding, right? They're not looking to necessarily, um, you know, start the kind of company where they're going to go around with a pitch deck. They want to really start something small, maybe from their kitchen table, maybe doing it on the sides or the nights or their weekends, and really build it from the ground up using mostly their own funds. And so I wanted to start uh, really a place for people to get educated on sales and marketing that taught them that when you do what I call modern marketing, meaning uh, you put your idea, your messages, your products, and your services out there in such a way, you actually start to draw on the best of your humanity, not the worst. It's not about manipulation. It's not about getting people to do something that they don't want to do. The best modern marketing happens when you're actually being your highest self. You're listening fully. You're completely expressing yourself with compassion. You have empathy. You're operating through a a space of generosity and shared value and really looking to do what is best for your customer. And I felt like there wasn't enough training or messaging out there around that, and I wanted to teach it. So that's why B-School came into being. Mm. And how long ago was that? When did you start B-School? B-School, the first time that we offered it was 2010. Wow. So we're here in 2017. So yeah, it's been quite a while, and we've had over 30,000 graduates from people across 160 different industries and people across 119 countries. Amazing. And I, I'm a graduate of B-School. I love B-School. I'm an affiliate for B-School for the past three years. And there's links to that. I told everybody in the intro and you can find that in the show notes. And we're going to come back to that. But first, what I love so much about B-School is it's very holistic. You don't just give strategy. You also coach around a lot of the very human things that come up and the emotions that come up while we're thinking about starting a business or growing our business. And that's a huge thing that we talk about on this podcast. I have a lot of people that are either in a corporate job and they want to take the golden handcuffs off and switch to something different. In fact, that was last week's show. Or they're a coach or a yoga teacher or they have their small business already and they're just stuck. They can't get it to the next level. And something that comes up so much is fear. Fear of how they're perceived, fear of failure, fear of there's so many other people doing it. Who am I to do it? So how do we deal with this fear that comes up? What's the best way to bust through it? Well, I think fear is such a natural emotion for all of us humans. And sometimes we get into this false kind of space where we think, oh, if we were just better, if we were more talented, if we were more brave, that we wouldn't have this fear. One of the unique advantages that I have now of doing this for over 17 years and having a chance to talk to, you know, and be with people like Oprah Winfrey or, you know, Richard Branson or Tony Robbins or some folks that we consider somewhat iconic or legendary. Yeah, those are some pretty big names. (laughs) Yeah. And, And here's what's cool, though. They all will share very openly about times when they were completely insecure and completely had fear. 
and still do to this day. So I think the first thing that we need to just recognize and be aware of and really embrace is the fact that if you have fear, it doesn't mean you're weak, doesn't mean you're wrong, and it doesn't mean that you shouldn't move ahead. It just means that you're a live human bre- uh, being who's breathing and that you have a, you know, this is part of the, the kind of makeup. But more importantly, though, I think there's a strategy that I use, and it's just a little habit. And it's something anyone can train themselves to do on a consistent basis. So there's this principle. No two things can occupy the same space at the same time. So what that means is in any given moment, you either have all of your focus in on yourself and how afraid you are, perhaps, or, you know, you're listening to that conversation in your head about how you're not good enough, or there's so much competition and so-and-so is already doing the exact thing that you want to do. And it just looks perfect. And they got to it first. The myriad of things that we can focus on that keeps us in a state of really kind of paralysis, right? We're not moving ahead. We don't know anything to do. Now, on the flip side, no two things can occupy the same space at the same time. If your focus is out, meaning, well, how can I take better care of my customers or clients? Or what skill do I need to improve to actually get my message out to a wider audience? Or how could I add more value uh, to the marketplace? There's so many different kind of empowering questions that we could ask that shift our focus from inward, what's wrong with us, to outward, how can I serve? Mm, I love that. Yeah. And it's so simple that people often discount it because, oh, well, it can't be that easy. But if you start to break it down, you realize that our lives are nothing more than moments strung together. And if you can shine your awareness down on yourself and go, oh, in this moment, am I focused on myself and how afraid I am? Or am I actually being of service? Am I focused on, oh God, everyone already did this? Or am I writing that pitch email to a magazine or a top blogger or a new client or whatever it is? And if you start to train yourself to have your attention focused outward on being of service, moving yourself ahead, learning new things, the fear almost recedes into the background like it was a radio that got turned all yeah. the way down. Yeah. If that makes sense. I think this is one of the reasons children have so much courage because they're not in their head. They're curious. They love mm-hmm. to learn. They keep moving forward. And this reminds me of um, a session we had with Emily. So you guys, if, if you resonate with feeling like fear is stopping you, go back and listen to the session with Emily that I did because she, re- she was a coach and she would have so much fear whenever it came to posting, whenever it came to blogging. And what we got to in the session is she was too focused on herself. She was too focused on what people think of her versus how can I serve and what's my vision and what is my ideal client really suffering with right now and how can I speak to that person and that's such sometimes it's the simplest things that are the most profound and often the hardest to do but with practice and having a clear vision on who you want to serve it becomes a lot easier and that's I know one thing B school really helped me with is looking at my ideal client avatar and getting focused on my mission and and thinking about what keeps her or him up at night and when my own fear would get in my way shifting to that and it transforms it almost instantly yeah and I think that the tag along to that Christine and something that I hold true to in my life is action is the antidote to fear you know anytime you're feeling a If you can shift that focus from, okay, you know, what's wrong with me or what if they don't like me or what if someone's going to criticize me or say, no, you're wrong, that sucks. All the myriad of things that can happen and that will happen to anyone who starts to share their ideas publicly in the world. And you go, okay, well, how can I be of service? Awesome. And how can I now take action on that? And when we're in action, if you notice, 
we're usually not afraid. If you are truly engaged, meaning your attention, emotional attention, your mental attention, your physical attention is completely engrossed in whatever you're doing. It could be writing a post. It could be talking on the phone. It could be creating a podcast. There's literally no space Mm -hmm. to even have any awareness of fear. So it's this kind of one-two punch of, of shifting your attention and your focus and then getting in action. And I find that if people can train themselves to do that, they become virtually unstoppable. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the other side of paralysis, which is overwhelm, getting in so much action and being so enthusiastic that there's just like an overwhelm and almost becoming consumed with business. How do we balance taking action and getting unstuck with dealing with that feeling of overwhelm that often comes up, especially when we feel like, oh my gosh, my business is totally up to me? Yeah. Well, there's a few things that we can do. I know one a habit that's really helped me throughout my career, and it certainly has helped me most in these recent years, is having some solid rituals, some success rituals, especially in the mornings that help you set yourself up, set your brain up, set your body up, set your spirit up to make sure that you're giving yourself the best chance possible to have a successful day. And if you can just have a successful day once, Mm -hmm. right, just get through that first And you can do that again the next day. Pretty soon, they're like little threads that start getting um, weaved together. I always think about it like at Christmas time when you're weaving together some popcorn and you're threading it. It's like just one little piece of popcorn at a time. And pretty soon, you have this really long chain and it's beautiful and you can decorate the whole tree. So success rituals in terms of the morning, how we wake up and what we do in those first 10 to 20 minutes really do set the tone for the entire day. And anyone listening probably knows this for themselves. I'm sure they've had those days where they've woken up and perhaps they've gone and made a cup of tea or a cup of coffee or whatever it is. And perhaps they sat down and journaled for a moment or two, or they went to work out and maybe they meditated for 10 to 15 minutes. And the entire rest of their day was like heavenly. Even if things went wrong, even if technology broke or some big problem popped up, You just feel so much more equipped to handle it, and it doesn't quite knock you so far off center. And I'm sure all of us listening, myself included, have had the other versions of those days where you're kind of sitting straight up, right, immediately, and you're you're checking your phone, and then you're running around, you're taking a shower so fast, and you're trying to put your shoes on and get out of the house and get to someplace, you know, just so you're not late, and you're not rushing, and you're looking at your notebooks, and you're like, oh, God, what am I doing? What do I have to do today? And the entire day goes a completely different direction. And you feel exhausted by the end of it. The thoughts that you have are, I didn't get enough done. I'm not so good at this. There's no way I can handle all of this. And most of us fail to realize that those first 10 to 20 minutes in the morning is crucial in how we experience and what we accomplish for the rest of the day. And this has everything to do with how overwhelmed Mm. you feel. You're fueling yourself in the morning. Again, whether you're exercising, meditating, I recommend both of those in the morning. Um, you're really clearing out your mind and you're setting yourself up to be as powerful as you're meant to be. And if you're not, what you're really doing is you're setting yourself up for self-sabotage. And by the end of the day, you are going to be exhausted mentally, emotionally, and physically. And that downward spiral and trend tends to continue, you know, at the end of 
we'll sit, we'll watch TV, we'll eat a half a bag of chips, then we'll go and have some ice cream, we feel like more crap, and then you wake up late the next day. So you can kind of see, you set yourself in one direction or the other, and most of it starts with our morning rituals. I couldn't agree more. My morning rituals are sacred and they're non-negotiable. If someone's like, let's have a breakfast meeting, I'm like, nope, sorry. (laughs) No, I don't negotiate that time. I mean, if I have to, you know, from catching a flight or whatever, but I, I make sure that I make up for it because I definitely notice the difference. Would you be willing to share some of your rituals? Oh yeah, of course. When I wake up, if, especially if like, if everything is normal, like you said, if I'm not catching a flight or it's just kind of one of those day-to-day things, it's waking up, going to journal, putting on some hot water. And then depending on what time my workout is, it's having a shake or having a little bit of breakfast, then heading out to work out, whether it's a spin cycle class or a pop physique class or something else. Um, and then usually, again, depending on the time of the class I want to take, it's either meditation before or after class. And then once I get those things done, Christine, hopping in the shower and the rest of the day, it's like, okay, I got yeah. this. I have a very similar morning ritual. <laughs> Add in a couple breathwork meditation and that's 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 my morning too. And, and I think that's an important thing too to keep in mind for entrepreneurs and people that are starting their own business is self-care is something that I see a lot of people put on the side. They're like, I have to focus on my business. So like, I'm just going through a time where I don't need to work out or my meditation has to be shorter. And I feel like when you are growing your business, like you are the business in so many ways, you are the brand and our business is directly impacted by the degree to which we take care of ourselves. Absolutely. I mean, it is undeniable that if we're in rough shape, we're not thinking clearly, we're feeling stressed out and anxious, are, it's going to have a negative impact on everything that we do. And I think people forget that the energy with which you devote to something, whether it's writing an email, drafting a blog post, showing up for a client, trying to learn something, if you're exhausted or irritated or angry or pissed off or fearful, that energy gets infused into whatever you're doing. And so people can say, well, I'm doing all the right steps. Why isn't this working? And they haven't really checked, well, who are they being while they're doing those things? And that comes back to our conversation. You know, if you set yourself up for success in the morning, you're just way more likely to bring that kind of open, energized, loving, receptive energy to everything that you do. And it's one of those intangibles that people, they discount and they don't recognize how important it is to have that on a consistent basis. And it's completely within your control. And I think that's another thing, Christine, you know, so much of business is outside of our control. You know, we can't control what happens often with uh, governments or economic policies or, you know, market shifting. There's so many things that are just completely outside of what we can influence. But there's so much of business that we can influence and that we can control. And for someone like me, who tends to be a control freak. I'm like, I love this. Because if I can start to harness all those areas where I do have a direct impact and make sure I'm operating at my full capacity and taking control of my state, then everything else that's outside of my control, I feel a lot more, not only powerful in relationship to that, but I actually increase my influence and I increase my ability to influence some of those things that, again, I might not have direct control over. And attract the things that are really aligned. Because I notice when I'm doing my self-care, when I'm keeping my vibe high, when I'm doing my meditations... And not just so frazzled and putting myself last, it directly impacts what I can attract because 
what I've really learned, I've had my business now for 12 years and there's been what I've done and what I've created, but I would say at least 50% of my business has been because of what I attracted. Those unexpected things mm. that have come in that I know have been a direct result of, you know, the thing, the physical things I put out there, the content I put out in the world, but also the vibration I keep myself at and the self-care and the practices and the rituals and also really looking at the belief systems around control, around I have to do it all on my own, around I'm afraid to ask for help and know that we're in a co-creative universe. And so there's the practical strategic things that we do every day, but then there's also these, like you said, these non-tangibles that are incredibly important. So thank you so much for echoing that. I want to shift gears just back to the business for a moment. So for a lot of people listening, maybe they're in a corporate job and they have an idea. How do they know if it's a good idea? How do you know when it's time to leave your corporate job and go start something? I think it's a great question. And there's actually two components of it right there. So the first piece is how do we know if we have a good idea and then the second component, which is different and distinct, is how do we know it's time to kind of leave that corporate job? Mm. One of the things I'm a big fan of is having people test their ideas. There's a saying that is a belief in my life, and I run my business and my life by it. It's clarity comes from engagement, not thought. So many times, all of us can kind of trick ourselves into thinking that we're actually working on an idea because we're talking to ourselves about it in our head, or we're writing about it in our journals, or we're having conversations over dinner about it, but we haven't taken concrete action to engage with it. We haven't tried to make an offer to a customer, for example, or taken a class in that thing, or tried to shadow someone you know, for a day or a weekend in that particular profession, or done anything concrete to really gain clarity around whether or not this idea is viable, whether it's in alignment with what we actually want to do, and whether from a marketplace perspective, it could actually make money. And so this idea, clarity comes from engagement, not thought, allows anyone who is in a nine to five or perhaps several part-time jobs, whatever the situation may be, whatever you're doing now to keep a roof over your head and, and to put, you know, food on the table. I know when I was first starting out, I had kind of quit my corporate stable jobs with healthcare and a steady paycheck and had just a variety of side jobs, um, bartending, waiting tables, being assistant for people, you know, anything I could possibly do just to keep it all going so I could figure out my business during the day. And that idea of finding a way to test your concept, both for yourself to know if it's right alignment for your strengths and your desires and your skills. Because here's the thing, Christine, some people have this idea. They kind of look at a profession and they're like, oh, that seems so glamorous or that seems so lovely or, oh, I think I'd love that. However, when they find a way to engage with it, they might discover, you know what, this actually mm -hmm. sucks. Like, you know, there's, it's not all that glamorous. And the day-to-day -day of this is not really a good fit for my strengths and skills. I mean, that's a wonderful thing to discover, quite frankly, because then you don't have to go down the wrong path. So that would be step one in terms of finding a way to test your idea. Can you take a class in it? Can you go shadow someone in that profession? Can you go to a conference? How can you find a way to engage with the thing that you really want to do and start testing it out on the nights, in the mornings, on the weekends? The second component to your question was about how do we know when we're ready to take that leap from our corporate job into our own business? I think that's a really important question, and I think there's definitely not one black and white 
answer. It's going to be unique for everyone for several reasons. One is because everyone has their own degree of risk averseness. And what I mean by that, I've known some entrepreneurs and small business owners who the way that they're built and their appetite for risk in their life is such that they need to quit their job. They need to have everything kind of up against them where it's either they're going to sink or swim. They have to have no paycheck coming in because that type of financial pressure actually fuels them to do their best work, right? That's how they're built. They're like, look, if I don't have any clients, I have no way of feeding myself unless I go out there and sell. That is how I make things happen. For them to have a cushion, they almost need that pressure, if that makes sense, to go out there and make stuff happen. For me, I'm different. I'm one of those people who's actually more, a little more risk averse. I'm more conservative in that sense. So when I was starting my business, especially as a life coach and at 23 years old, for me, I couldn't think of anything worse, Christine, than a life coach who was desperate for clients. I just thought that sounded so sad and so pathetic and not what I wanted. And I felt like it would actually bring out the worst in me, not the best. So that's why in my zone, I was really happy having side jobs and side gigs that could pay my rent, that could help me you know, build my website and take the classes I needed to take to really train myself up to become a full-fledged entrepreneur so that I could work with clients for free. And I could really build slowly and organically over time because I did not want to depend on my coaching clients for income because I felt like it would actually destroy my ability to coach effectively. So for everyone, you know, and there's, again, those are just two kind of simple examples and there's so many more facets that we could go through. It depends on whether you have a family that's dependent on you, you know, do you have a mortgage and kids and pets and all of these other responsibilities? Um, you know, what is your financial situation like? Is there an ability for you to kind of scale back? Even if you do have a family, we've had B-schoolers who have chosen some really cool, creative ways to ease up their lifestyle burden so that they could take more risk in their business. I remember one couple, for example, they were living in Brooklyn. And they really wanted to experiment with uh, a blog and they had a whole idea for the business they wanted to build out. But they realized the amount of time and energy it would take to build that new business with their financial obligations living in Brooklyn just wasn't working. So what they decided to do was sell all of their belongings and move to a small country in South America that was very friendly to English speaking people. And there was actually, you know, some folks there who were just kind of living and creating in such a way where their entire monthly expenses were basically a fraction of what they paid for everything in in Brooklyn. So they saved and they made themselves this enormous adventure where they said, okay, we're going to leave Brooklyn and we're heading out to South America and we're going to build this business without the financial pressure. So there's so many different ways to figure out how to make that transition for yourself. But I think it's about asking those tough questions about, you know, what are your responsibilities? What's your comfort level? What's your risk averseness? And also, how confident are you in the new business? You know, how, do you have clients? Are you really good at sales and marketing? Like, is that one of your just inborn strengths? And you're like, you know what? I know I can make this happen. Or do you need to kind of gain some of those skills so that you do feel more confident and you are able to kind of pull in um, the money and the revenue to get this thing up and running to replace your existing yeah, income? Yeah, and I think how bad do you want it? Because what that story about that couple that moved to South America really it, it that impacted me because it was like wow that is that is a, they have no excuses you know because i hear a lot of excuses when people want to start their own business everything from money to family or whatever and all of those are 
are reasonable and we have to know our risk level. I'm like you. I had side jobs. It took me years before I was able to fully, fully do what I do now. But that story just highlights, you know, if you want it, if you really, really want it, you can find a way to make it happen. You may have to be creative. You may have to make some changes. But if you want it, you want it to happen fast, then be willing to make some adjustments in your life with that vision in mind. So thank you for sharing that story. I love that. Okay, so Marie, another common theme that um, comes up in this on the show is losing momentum. So I start my business. I'm super excited about it. And then I just have kind of lost momentum. I'm not as excited about it anymore. Things aren't happening. I don't know what to do. Maybe I'm going to go try something else. What do we do when we hit that place where we're not as inspired anymore? It's a great question. For me, what often is underneath that is the entrepreneur doesn't have two things. One, a really compelling vision of what they want to create and really compelling emotional reasons why they want to create it. So they've kind of lost touch with what they're doing in the first place and nothing is inspiring them, pulling them forward to reach that big goal. So that's the first thing that I find that often people, if they've lost steam, they've lost touch with a vision or they never really had a clear, compelling one in the first place. Because if you're really excited to reach uh, an extraordinary goal, something that is so connected to your heart, that is so connected to the difference that you want to make in the world, you know, it can have many different facets. It can be about your mission and it can be about the difference you want to make. There can be a financial component, you know, something that there's a certain number that you just want to reach because perhaps it's paying off student loan or your mortgage, or perhaps it's taking care of a parent or a child. You know, there's so many different real valid reasons that we can get excited about to reach our goals. But I find that when people lose steam and they start to kind of look around and go, I don't know if this isn't really working, should I do something else? They're not connected to something truly in their heart um, and truly in their mind's eye that's compelling enough. And then I'd say the second thing that I notice people lacking when that starts to happen is a supportive community slash environment. You know, if you're not around other people, whether it's virtually or physically or a combination, who are really excited about what they're building, and you can talk with them, and you can connect with them, and you can kind of share notes, and you can find out what they're doing. And even from a healthy perspective, when I say a little bit of competition, I'm not talking about comparison where you feel like crap. I'm talking about that kind of healthy competition where you have some great friends, and they're doing awesome things, and it actually gets you inspired to do awesome things, not because you want to necessarily beat them, but it's because they're going for it at such a rate that it inspires you. And you're like, oh, well, I want to be there too. I want to have some of those experiences. Yes. And then you go back into your own world. And that, again, it's like a healthy competitive spirit fuels you ahead. So I think the two things that folks have to take a look at, and this is introspective, one, do you have a clear, exciting, compelling vision that you're connected to in your heart and reasons why, compelling reasons why that vision must become a reality? If you don't have that, create it. And then number two, take a look around your environment. I think often we underestimate how much our environment and the people that we surround ourselves with impact our results. We can see this to be true in our health, right? If you go out with friends, 
even if you quote unquote eat clean or you're, you know, eating in a particular way that really fuels your body and, and helps you stay in shape and, and in a weight kind of range that feels really healthy and good for you, you can kind of go out with some friends. And if everyone's got enough pressure going around, you know, it's like easier to slide down the pike of perhaps not making as healthy choices. On the flip side, I'm sure we all have other friends who you go out with them and you find yourself just ordering a big salad. Like it just happens because that's how they're eating too. And we don't often look at our success and our business environment in quite the same way. I will tell you, when I hang out with folks who perhaps aren't as excited about their careers or aren't as excited about what they're creating in the world, you can kind of see like, oh, yeah, let's watch another Mm -hmm. movie. You know what I mean? Let's let's watch six or seven of them. And yeah, let's go to another brunch. But when I'm hanging out with other folks, inevitably, even if we go see a movie and go have a nice brunch and talk about other things other than business, inevitably we come around to some conversation that winds up inspiring me to take it even Mm -hmm. further. Mm -hmm. I totally agree. And I think the people that we surround ourselves with are, is incredibly, incredibly important. And that's another thing I coach a lot about on the show is looking at relationships that may have reached expiration dates and looking at the people around you and going, okay, are the, the people that I spend the most time with headed in the same direction and do they pull me forward or hold me back? And I think being part of a community is crucial. And you've had 30,000 people that have gone through B-School. You've built an incredible community that stays really close and really engaged. And I know that you have so many success stories that we'd need a whole day for you to tell us about all of them. But I'd love for you to share maybe one or two of your favorites. You know, there's one that came in recently, Christine, that just... uh it made me laugh and it made me cry both at the same time because the woman who shared it just had so much spunk and spirit in her email. And it was a woman named Molly. And this actually came in um, just over the holidays and, and now into the new year. And she wrote us this email and I'd never heard of her. I didn't know what she was up to. And it was no one I'd ever met before or seen even, you know, noticed her around the program. But she'd shared that Three years ago, she had seen our free training series that we do around B-School, and she got so inspired, quite frankly, by what other people had created as a result of our program, and she said to herself, I want that. She had no list. She had no offering. She had no business. She had no clue what she wanted to do. She just kind of caught wind of someone else's story and said, I want that. There's that, that importance of that vision, right, that we just spoke about. So something lit up in her. She wound up joining B-School, and her first year, she had a really rough time of it. In fact, I did some investigating, and I learned through our customer service staff that there was one point um, that they noticed her in the community, and she was feeling so down on herself, like just like nothing was working, and she wanted to quit, and our entire community rallied around her and said, no, like let's take a look at what you're doing. There's some great things, but we just need to make some adjustments, and so everyone kind of rallied around her. She stayed on track. And she sent this email and she said, Marie, you know, it's been three years. When I started, I had nothing. And my goal was, you know, someone on a video that um, had done the program had reported how she had her first $30,000 month. And for any of us that have grown up with very simple means, like I did, you know, I was the first in my family to go to college and, um, you know, having kind of an abundance of money was not part of how I grew up. This was a big goal for her. And she wrote to us and she said, I had, and this is middle December. 
I had my first $30,000 month. It's like December 15th or whatever. And it's like 31,000 something. I cannot even tell you what this means to my family. I could never have imagined this is real, but it's actually real. She said, this was the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. And it was actually the most worth it thing I've ever done in my life. And I just had to share with you because this has completely changed everything for me. And then Christine, this is what was cool. We get a follow-up email from her like 10 days later. She's like, it's 60,000. <laughs> and and she's like, you know, so she sent us this email by the end of the month and she was just over wow. the moon. And again, she said very clearly, you know, this was hard. She wanted to quit. This was not easy. This is not like going on your computer and putting in a few keys and then, you know, all of a sudden money starts spitting out. Like that's not what we do. That is, if, you, if that's what you're looking for, that is not what we do in B-School. It's probably the hardest thing you'll ever do in your life. But it's also the most worth it. And I'll say one more um, letter because this one really, really, uh, this one did really make me cry the first time I heard it. And it was from a young woman actually in Europe, in Amsterdam. And she was a successful television host over there. And she was presenting programs and just, she was a journalist. And she just felt herself kind of hitting a ceiling, right? So she had, quote unquote, success on paper, but she felt like there was more that she wanted to accomplish. And so she stumbled across B-School and she wanted to really understand how she could leverage some of the skills that she had already gained over time into doing something for herself that she felt more aligned with and not necessarily working with a television station. Well, about a year into the program, she had already become profitable. Again, I want to just set expectations. You know, that that's not necessarily typical. Some people do, depending on their skills, and some people don't. But about a year in, her father was diagnosed with lung cancer. And they learned that he only had a few months left. And because of what she was able to do, with what she learned in B-School in such a relatively short amount of time that she was actually able to care for her father. And after a few months with this diagnosis, he actually died in her arms, in her house. And she wrote to us just saying, I cannot even tell you how absolutely important this was for me and for my family. And she's like, if I was still in that job, going to that office every day, and this diagnosis came along, it would have been virtually impossible for her to have spent the quality of time that she did with her dad for those last few months. And she wrote to us that, you know, when his diagnosis came along, she was actually earning enough money to have him move in with her. So they had this, you know, really bittersweet experience. And she made a lot of friends through our community that, that also in uh, Amsterdam in the Netherlands and like all of her B-School community really kind of, you know, surrounded her with love and support through a very difficult time. But, you know, again, she wrote to us just saying like, it was just such a, pivotal program and such a pivotal change in her life that meant so much more than what the profitability was in her business. And it's stories like that, that just really get me because I know in my own life, how important it is to spend quality time with the people that you love. And oftentimes when you kind of step out into faith and create a business that's really aligned with your strengths and leveraging all of these new tools that we have at our fingertips, you really can build a business that is designed to make a difference and have an incredible quality of yeah. life too. Yeah. Wow. That story really moved me. Thank you for sharing that. And I, I so acknowledge you, Marie, for 
really authentically stepping into your gifts for listening to that inner call that that you had and for building a program that really gives people both permission and the practical tools to live a life that they love and build a business according to their unique, what I like to call secret sauce. And, (laughs) And I know for me and so many people in my community that have enrolled in B-School, it's really the word that comes up for me is freedom. You know, freedom of time, freedom to be ourselves, financial freedom, freedom from the golden handcuffs. So just thank you for helping so many of us feel free. Oh, you're it's it's my pleasure. And, you know, nothing really means more to us, myself and our team. It's like we've just spent, Christine, just so you know, like the past six months or so completely every year we go in and we work to make the program better. You know, we take at all the content and we say, okay, what's changed or what's updated or what have we learned? And, you know, how can we go back in and make the tweaks and, and, and share some new ideas and content? So I'm actually, I mean, I say this every year, but it's actually the truth. Uh, I think this year is going to be our strongest yet. Mm. And we're just, we're really, we're really excited and we're really honored to be able to work with people. Again, we're not right for everyone. You know, no program, no coach, no book, no nothing is. But for people that really uh, wear their heart on their sleeve and are determined to build a business that's based on their values and their desire to make a positive impact on the world, uh, there's really no place better to go. And I know you just released a series of training videos. So the links for all that will be in the show notes at christinehassler.com slash podcast. So you guys go check it out. You'll learn so much from the training videos alone, and you'll really be able to feel into if B-School's right for you right now. And Marie, before we sign off, just last question for you. One big thing we talk about on the show is belief systems. And I know it was 17 years ago that you decided you wanted to start your own business. What do you think was the the most important belief you had to believe and continue to tell yourself that made your success possible? Oh, without a doubt. And it's the one that still drives everything today, everything in business, everything with my health, my relationships, any part of my life. And that belief is this, everything is figure outable. If there is any dream that you have, you know, you're facing a particular challenge or an obstacle, or there's something out there that you just want to explore or create or make happen, and you don't yet know how to do it, you have to take on and really own this belief. And I have seen it to be true that everything is truly figure outable, whether you go and research it and take the steps yourself, or you go ask for help, or you find someone else who's been along that path, you have the ability to make incredible things happen. And if you hold on to that belief, yes, everything is figure outable, especially when you know what hits the fan, that one belief can help you turn anything around. And Absolutely. And we might not know right in the moment, but it is figure outable. Just Give yourself some patience and time. I love that. And the word figure outable, that's just a great word. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, it is. It's really fun. And, you know, it's 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 gettable. You know what I mean? It might not be dramatically correct, but who knows? Maybe within the dictionary in the next few years, you'll see figure outable. I think so. I see that happening. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Marie, thank you so much. Thank you for all that you do. Thank you for all the ways that you serve. Thanks for coming on to Over It and On With It. And everybody, make sure to go to the show notes, christinehassler.com slash podcast, and check out the link so that you can learn more about B-School and check out Marie's free video training. 
So much love to you, Marie. I appreciate you so much and the community that you've built. Oh, thank you, Christine. And thanks for everyone for listening. I love that interview with Marie. I finished feeling so inspired and so grateful that I have a business and life that I love and B-School has been a big part of helping me do that. So if you can relate to feeling trapped, to wanting to take off those golden handcuffs, to having an idea of how you want to impact the world and share your gifts, but just don't know how to make it profitable, or if you already are an entrepreneur and you just feel like you've plateaued and you really want to grow, then B-School really is for you. Again, you can get the link, christinehassler.com slash podcast. Look for the show notes for February 11th or just email jill at christinehassler.com. And I want to leave you with this. It is 100% possible to create the career that you dream of. I know that often fear comes up and excuses come up and I don't knows come up and overwhelm comes up. I've been there. And I've gotten to the other side and I've helped so many people get to the other side. So please do not give up on your dreams. The world needs your gifts. You need to feel self-expressed so that you feel fulfilled and you feel purposeful. You don't necessarily need to know the how yet. That's why programs like B-School exist. But if you really commit to that why, like Marie said, that vision I promise you the steps will unfold. Sending you so much love and many blessings. Bye, everybody. Bye.